Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio Program. I'm Susan Larison Dance, and I am just so happy to welcome you all of you back today. Whenever this show finds you, whether you're listening live or across time with us, because I want to remind all of you that you are energetically present with us, no matter when or where you are listening. We are all together today in this space, and we are going to have a special show today. I can feel that already because of how it is personally impacting my heart, and and it's um, a wonderful guest I'm about to bring on the line who I feel has a lot to share with us, and I'll give a little introduction first. Um, Marisha Ducharme has a new book out that one could say it couldn't be more timely, and yet it's always timely in the human experience. And that book is called The Way Home to Love, A Guide to Peace in Turbulent Times. And Marisha is going to share with us insights that have unfolded at her retreat center and through her teachings and through her life, um, Marisha has been teaching over 30 years, more than 35 years, and she is the founder of what looks to be quite an astonishing, interesting place. And I invite you to go to the website, um, the Snow Dragon Sanctuary. And the website is snowdragonsanctuary.com. And um, just a glimpse of the place gives you a feel for the energy of the teachings that are unfolding there. And it's a nonprofit place. It was established in 2000. And what is so very helpful And I know those of you out in blog talk radio land who are listening, you come to this show, I know, from many traditions, many faiths. You may feel a very powerful faith in whatever path that you're on. And Marisha has a way of listening to spirit and unfolding those kernels of wisdom that we need to hear that are shared 
by multiple traditions because they are there to help us, to help us connect to love and the divine. And so I just have to say I feel honored and blessed to be bringing Marisha Ducharme on the program. Welcome, Marisha. Well, thank you for having me. It's uh, it's a real pleasure to be in conversation with you today. Well, I'm I'm really happy to have you here, Marisha, because this is a time I feel and and you know, I I sense my own struggles. We all have our struggles in this way where we feel a lot of conflicts within ourselves, with each other. And you know, we it's often in our discussions how, you know, we're living in turbulent times or, you know, we feel it in our own lives with relationships and different things. And, Marisha, how can this guidance that you have come to know help us find the peace that, or the, the balance that can help us to, to live more fully in the midst of this? Well, that's the um, that's such an important question. That's really, you know, at the heart of the of the book is um, my sharing with everyone um, my experience. And my experience is that there is indeed a way to yeah. realize peace and to um, to know balance and to know how to find uh, the balance that. Um, yeah if that balance is struck, can really keep us in the calmness of the eye of the storm. So, you know, there's still chaos all around. There's still debris all around. But in the center, um, there's a calmness. And in our own centers, uh, in our own hearts, bodies, minds, and spirits, we have an ability to, um, to go into integration and to be able to balance our bodies with our emotions and to balance our emotions with our thoughts and to balance our thoughts with our spirits. And so many of us are looking all around, you know, for, for, for various ways um, to find this, but the paradox is, is that we are the way. Each individual soul um, is his or her own way it's the doorway of of our heart and and our connection to the divine through through our own um inner journey it's uh we have to learn how to take the journey within ourselves and to really sustain that practice of going within into the inner territory where we are um able to be connected to that which we're searching for <laughs> and and that which is greater than us and that which is also us. And so that's at the heart of the book and and I talk a lot about you know how to how to <laughs> you know how yes. to yes. Uh, how to meditate and um how to make the connections uh you know what what is required in order to succeed. Yes. The 
natural, what you always seem to come back to as I've been exploring your work, is, and of course the theme of the book, is love. And it seems like, you know, love is a is a term, you know, I, I grew up in the church. I grew up in a very conservative church. I know many listening out there come from, from backgrounds in different religions where um, still there was this teaching that I remember from my childhood, God is love. God is love, just mm. those three words. And I might have, we may have, um, some of us are not totally at peace with our spiritual journeys, whatever brought us here. You know, we may feel some angst with all of it. And yet for me, um, those things that, that didn't resonate, maybe I had to release or did have to release and then move on, there's still that God is love. God is love, and and you know the the verses on love that I was taught, and the deeper meanings, and and what you bring out early on in the book is is what love has to do with our relationship to conflict, and um, and you know I wonder if you could explore that a bit that, that you know what is love and what really is conflict because understanding what conflict is seems to be very key when we when we experience it whether within ourselves or with others well my my teacher's teacher uh said that love was the absence of conflict and I think that each uh, each person experiences conflict according to his or her own um, karma. Really, uh, you know, our, our karma is our repetitive, habitual, unconscious nature. And so, you know, we're born into this life, and we have various experiences, and they are all of a different nature. Some are harmonious and wonderful and some are are not some are more conflicted and we find ourselves kind of repeating the same uh, patterns over and over again we find ourselves you know getting unhappy um, over and over again uh, to, to varying degrees and so on the spiritual journey at some point we yearn for union you know we yearn for I say that which we from which we came and so then we, we set upon the path to remove the conflict, to, to learn about our unconscious nature and our repetitive patterns that make us, really make us suffer. And then, yes. then we, we can learn that it's possible to um, dissolve these obstructions. Uh, once we start to self-reflect And once we start to do some of the practices that help us to move the energies through, we can really clear the path and we can really learn how to flow in life with love. Yes, yes. I'm going to pose a question here that that I've struggled with in certain situations, and I'm sure many of us have, which is why I'm going to pose it this way, is I find myself sometimes saying to myself when we talk about patterns you know 
why are you going there again? You know, in fact, I may say it that way. I'll say it exactly as my inner thoughts sometimes want to say it, whether it's, you know, self-judgmental or not. Just put aside judgment and say, you know, why? And and I try to, I look at it and say, you know, you know, what is it? What is it? Why does this repeat, this, this pattern of feeling hurt in a particular situation? And then, you know, and in what what really can help and and something that you introduce that that I'm listening to here today is hey you know paying more attention to my breath um you know mm-hmm. simple thing you know breathe breathe and and you know we hear that a lot of course we've heard it but hearing it and doing it and living it and practicing it and it's something I need to hear more. Um, is that just so? So so just um, trying to. I, I don't know how to quite put this into a question, but I know that there are people out there listening, either now or across time, who have exactly the same thing. Where it's just like, you know, you're ready to break free of whatever that that pattern of of hurt is. You're ready. You could feel it, and you can feel it happen. And yet, you need a tool. You need a practice to to help even more, to really help us on the path? Well, you know, the breath is the single most, I feel that it's the single most important um, practice. It's very yes. simple. It's so so simple that we almost can't really understand how powerful it is. It's a little bit beyond us, but it doesn't really matter because what I say is, you just need to learn how to breathe consciously. You know, we breathe unconsciously every day and every night. Uh, as long as we're alive, we're breathing in and we're breathing out. But most of the time, we're not aware that we're breathing. And so when we are ready to dissolve those, uh, those, the places of suffering within us, the places that make us unhappy, the places that we yeah. repeat, we open yeah. that door and we say, okay, well, so I'll, I'll practice something that I believe can be good for me. And, you know, there are many practices that include the breath, uh, many, and, and all of them are good. Uh, but sitting meditation uh, with focusing on the breath, and, and I outline very simply in the book how to consciously breathe in and how to consciously breathe out, and then while one is breathing, um, allowing whatever it is inside of you to arise. When we, when we sit in meditation, it's our healing time and it's our holy time. And we bring ourselves to sit just as we are. And so sometimes it's difficult. We may have something going on in our lives that's very challenging. We may have fear. We may have excitement. But what we learn to do is we learn to sit and to witness or watch from a very neutral place within us everything that arises, whether it's an emotional feeling, whether it's a series of thoughts. It doesn't matter. We simply watch. And what I say is that it is, meaning whatever is there, it is. It arises. It it makes itself known. We watch it. And, um, and we breathe. We use the breath to change our 
repetitive reaction. So when we're sitting, we may want to react the same way, like get up and do something or say something or engage in some way. But instead, we just we just breathe into the place that is reactive. And as we do that, we actually change our chemistry. And our chemistry is changing through the inhalation and the exhalation of the breath. And as our chemistry changes, our consciousness changes. You, you can only change consciousness through changing chemistry. And the vehicle of meditation is how we change our chemistry. Meditation with the breath. And so what happens is everything is there. We don't suppress it. We don't express it. We just breathe into it. And we allow that internal alchemical process to happen. It's actually called tapas. And it's uh, it's as if we are burning the suffering or burning the reactions in a fire because the breath creates really creates a spiritual fire in us. And then we learn how to not react repetitively. And so what that means is now we we can begin to respond differently with consciousness. And it can change everything. So the same things can be happening, but then we're learning how to respond to them in a different way. And then that's how we grow our consciousness that's how we heal our karma, and that's how we become peaceful. Yes. There's a you, you advise, or you know, your guidance advises us to um, to feel the feelings, and I think that we have a tendency to resist feeling the feelings sometimes. And it's like mm-hmm. I don't want to feel the mm-hmm. feelings anymore. <laughs> you know, there can be the there can be that resistance that we have, and yet you tell us. Feel. Tell us. Um, tell me. How important is it, and why, to to feel the the feelings as a part of the the, the healing? If we're going to um, dissolve the obstructions, the suffering, the habitual responses, we we have to be able to face them. <laughs> we have to be able yeah. to accept accept them fully. Because if we don't, yeah. then we we start to repress and deny. And when we do, when we repress or deny, we the charge is still there, the reactive habitual unconsciousness is still there. So it's very important to allow whatever is, whatever those feelings are, whatever those thoughts may be, to simply arise and breathe the breath as they are arising, as we're feeling and as we're watching. And that's how the transformation happens. We can't deny the feelings. We have to transform the feelings. And in order to transform them, um, we have to fully accept them. But there is a way to allow them to be fully present and to, um, to be transformed. And that's really that's really the um, the, the way uh, of making ourselves peaceful. So it's a bit of a paradox because 
we have to be willing to face uh, our pain and suffering yeah. and our what we like, <laughs> what we want, and to, to be able to transform it. Yes. You know, there was something early in the book you say um, about human experience, and I don't know if I could find that quote. It was about why we're here, you know, and actually much of the book is about that. But, um, you know, that that there there's there are going to be challenges here in life and that 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 these are and now I'm paraphrasing what you said that these are catalysts to our own growth and and healing um these these challenges and there was it seems that there's a balance isn't there marisha of accepting accepting those things that are on our path but also i mean your own life when, when you were able to, um, and and we know many paths where you know there can be tremendous joy and peace, and even in the midst of um, you know some challenges, and things can go well, for sure, and then um, you know, but you still release attachment. So, I guess the the question here is. Um, just the the nature of the human experience. Why are we here? <laughs> that's a big question, but uh, <laughs> that, that's, that's but, a big question. Yeah. Well, I feel like you know I don't really know the absolute answer to that question, but I feel like our lives have a profound purpose, and I feel yeah. like. Um, Humanity right now is going through a collective initiation. And um, maybe in this moment we're not doing so well, but I don't think that matters because just as we as individuals have times in life when we have succeeded, we have many times in life when we have failed. And our failures are the vehicles for our growth because it's when we fail and hit our heads against the wall and um, do something that isn't uh, good for us, that we uh, begin to say, oh, this, this, is not, this is not the way. This is not what I want. And then we begin to, um, well, then we begin to change. And so I think, you know, collectively right now, um, I think we're here to learn a lot of lessons about the nature of love I think we're here to learn a lot of lessons about the nature of balance and how and that and this is this is the big lesson that we really are all one that everything yeah. and everyone is connected and it's a big uh it's a big serving that we're um dealing with right now uh but I really do believe that each one of us can affect the greater whole and I really do believe that as each one of us strives to find a way uh, to personal balance and to personal peace, that it affects the, the greater whole. Yes, yes. Yeah, and I think our souls, our souls are... Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, I want to well, hear what souls, you have to say, then I'll ask. Yeah, I was just going to say that our souls are... Um, 
uh, each doing their own individual thing and they're each at their own levels, but then, yeah. but then we're also doing it all together. You know, there's a there's a point in your book where um, th- there can be right now, and I kind of touched on it at the beginning, this collective instinct right now um, to fight, fight, fight. <laughs> you know, um, fight. Um, and, you know, and it, it results in, in something I've observed having my life has encompassed multiple paths and I know people and have been a person of multiple persuasion. And so I have an understanding of different points of view. And I do this too, where I, you know, I see something that's bothering me. Um, This is more culturally or or whatever. And I want to fight, you know, and yet there's a point in your book where you talk about, there is no place to go. There is nothing to do. And it's as if this instinct we have to be in conflict again, you know, um, it, it's not really getting us where we we hope it will get us. And it seems like um, the real answer is finding that center of love and compassion that you help guide um, us. It doesn't mean accepting things that are, you know, cruel or harsh or, you know, condoning i guess you know certain i mean to me it shouldn't mean that but that doesn't mean that we're just in this constant fight mode um, which doesn't feel like a path of peace and in fact you say in your book this could yeah this leads to war a lot of times and that it can mm-hmm. um and so so i guess how do we how do we pursue a path where we certainly want to be lights we want our light to shine and we want to expand our compassion and yet we don't want to be in this this state of of battle (laughs) i guess and and where is that middle place well we have to we have to understand that the the first battle that we have to resolve is within ourselves uh-huh. So, you know, sometimes we uh-huh. look outside and we go, oh, you know, there's war everywhere. You know, people are fighting everywhere in our politics. But the truth is yep. also that we fight within ourselves. And yes. so the yes. beginning point is the self. You know, we have to find a way within ourselves to stop the fight. And, yes. you know, that's, that's a really profound place when someone says, I need to stop. You know, I need to stop yeah. suffering and stop fighting. And sometimes it's very, very difficult. You know, if you if you think of like an example of an alcoholic who suffers a lot, they're in a lot of pain and they may be using a substance in order to not feel the pain fully. And sometimes it means that everything has to be taken away. Um, sometimes people have to hit, you know, rock bottom in order to start to turn that corner to, you know, to healing and understanding how not to fight. And we live in the dimension of duality. You know, this, this dimension is, is the dimension of, you know, do, don't, uh, right, wrong, uh, you know, good, bad, <laughs> um, Democrat, Republican. I mean, we could go on all day. It's the dimension of polarity, opposite poles. And so 
the opposite poles uh, vibrate almost like a figure eight from one pole to the other, from one pole to the other. But where there is balance is right in the middle, in between both. And so, again, it's kind of that analogy of the eye of the storm. So yeah. if if I have had an upset and I feel justified and self-righteous in something and I wasn't understood, when I go into my meditation, I let the breath just burn up my self-righteous indignation because it's just a function of my ego. And... I allow myself to not be right. <laughs> I allow myself yes. to not be understood, uh, to not be yes. understood, right? And yes. to simply surrender. And it's a very, very conscious choice. Uh, it's a spiritual choice. It's very powerful. It's not giving up, and it's not rolling over. It's making an absolute choice of knowing how I want to uh, vibrate, what I want to vibrate with, and I choose peace. And I get to choose peace no, no matter what is going on in my world or the outer world. Yes, yes. And the you great know, transformer um, yes. is, is the breath, is the breath and meditation. And so this practice is a, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. (laughs) It's all right. You you have so much to share. But I guess just a a quick question about meditation. Um, What are your thoughts about walking in nature? I have found that when I walk in nature, one of the first things I do is I become conscious of my breath and start breathing more freely. I find that, that just that act of, of walking in nature helps free my own breath. And I was curious, um, especially since you have a retreat center there, um, how you view walking meditations. I think walking meditation is is, uh, wonderful, and I think that nature is a a profound healer. And I think that a walking meditation, you know, with the, uh, the natural world is very, very good and very, very healing. Yes, yes. You know, the the elements of nature purify us. You know, wind uh, purifies our minds. You know, water purifies our our spirits. You know, the fire purifies our heart. You know, the air clears our minds, brings in clear light. So the elements of nature are are wonderful. They're so, so powerful, and, and they, they really are our allies. What do you say to people, Marisha, who who um, who say, and I've had people on the show, and I know I've felt this at times, and who who just um, have felt struggles with 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 meditation? It seems like you help us to just just let that go. I guess um, is or or you know the classic um, you'll hear a lot of times I don't know how to meditate <laughs> or I've tried meditating and you know it just it didn't work for me you know and I know I'm echoing some people out there and yet I know every day you're helping people at your retreat center and through your guidance to learn this practice because it's so important and so so 
so maybe you know what what would you I have a feeling I know what you would say to that, but I'm gonna I'm gonna let you say it as to to just how do we step into that space of of learning and opening up to meditation? Well, I think that um, I think that meditation and the practice of meditation is like any other practice. I think that when we were in first grade and we were learning how to count. We were learning, we were beginning yes. to learn math. We we didn't know how to do it, and we struggled with it, and we had to exercise our minds in order to grasp it and to learn it, but we succeeded. And then we, of course, went on to second grade, and we the, the mathematical problems uh, became even more complex, and so on. And the same with reading and anything that's that's a learned um, action. And so meditation is uh, one just has to be patient with oneself and understand that in the beginning and even in the middle and even after you've been meditating a long time, you can have periods that, you know, you feel resistant to sitting or you feel resistant to breathing, but you apply yourself to it because it's a choice that you've made and you commit yourself to simply being present with whatever is there. So if your resistance is there, let it be there. If your doubt is there, let it be there and simply breathe. Yeah. Anyone. Yeah. So so any any kind of, you know, feeling can arise. Uh it's okay, but we we sit with it, we stay with it, and we simply breathe. And sometimes, you know, the window or the door opens in meditation and we begin to experience, you know, deep relaxation. We begin to, to realize that we are gaining an insight. We begin to realize that, oh, when I breathe for 15 or 20 minutes, it makes me calm down and I feel less stressed. So, you know, gradually, as we allow both the positive and the negative reactions be there, um, overall, uh, you know, we're, we're becoming successful. So it's, it's yeah. perfectly okay that people have those feelings and they wonder, is anything even really happening? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but it's just, like, it's just like reading. We don't know if we can ever put those letters together, but then all of a sudden one day we're, we're reading words. Yes, yes. There's a gentleness to this approach. It seems that um, you just let it be. <laughs> just, just, yes. Yes. just flow with it. And, and um, you know, I think we place harsh expectations upon ourselves sometimes, and certainly your message is about releasing, releasing yes. those. And, and that's, um, I think you provide an entire chapter talking about meditation in your book and I think it's a it's very helpful for people who are just entering into or people who have perhaps felt that they've struggled and um and really it's simple and gentle the way that you yes. help people to and that's the key. Mhm. Yeah, and the the the, the yeah, well, the, the prize is that um, what we're looking for is already there, and it's within us. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's already there. Mm-hmm. Yes. What is witness consciousness? You talk about that quite a bit in your book. Can you so, explain to us what, what that is? Witness consciousness is um, a state of mind in which when during the uh, during the meditation we learn how to engage a part of us that simply observes and witnesses what is arising so going with the example that we were just talking about if i'm feeling really resistant to the meditation and i'm wondering if anything's happening and i'm getting a little frustrated my my witness within me, my witness is able to observe neutrally that I'm having some resistance to the practice um, or that I'm feeling frustrated because I'm not making enough progress. Um, The witness watches what is. The witness watches the emotions arise and the witness watches the thoughts that are coming through and and going out. And what the witness does is the witness is able to be neutral. The witness is the part of ourselves that can allow ourselves to sit and to breathe and to be with whatever is coming in and going out. So the witness is something that you get to know over time through sustained practice. It's, a, it's an aspect of yourself that can watch and observe everything about you. How does this relate to what you call our feeling center? Mm. So... So the feeling center is uh, around the solar plexus, and it's a vibrational organ. It doesn't exist in our uh, physical um, uh, physiology. It's a vibrational organ that exists just outside, much like the chakras are vibrational. And it exists just, just outside the solar plexus. And the feeling center is uh, how we are able to be connected to the impulses that come to us from spirit. So as we begin to develop our feeling center, we begin to come in deeper relationship with our guidance. Because the feeling center is much like, um, you know, if you take a spider in a web and the spider is down on the left-hand corner, but something hits the web on the top right-hand corner, it registers to the spider that something is in her web. Well, the feeling center is much the same thing. We we often say, oh, I had a gut reaction like I knew that. And the reason yeah. we say gut is because, again, that's near the solar plexus. So everybody knows this. Everybody has had experience where they've said, I knew that. You know, I had a gut reaction to that. I should have, I should have listened to myself. And so, the yeah, feeling center. Yeah. Once you, once you um, uh, identify it within your your being, and once you uh, practice 
listening and feeling through your feeling center, you become more sensitive and open to the guidance that is coming in. For instance, um, something, something may come through that you feel deeply inspired by. Well, that's your guidance, uh, really tweaking you and sending you a message of yes. And then sometimes there's a feeling of, oh, you get a funny feeling in the pit of your stomach and you're not sure that you should proceed. Well, that's also your guidance, giving you a, a red light, right? Um, yeah. So, so we can really begin to trust ourselves when we develop this relationship with our feeling center as it is helping us to navigate from the, the point of uh, guidance, guidance coming in from the divine currents, helping us to know when to or when not to or how to or how not to. Something I feel that we're all continually learning, and you talk about living a life where we take risks, um, that, you know, we, we, we live outside the box. And where this relates to what you just expressed is it seems that it takes practice, really, to discern what's your fear speaking. That's just fear or that's a projection of what, you know, the world says I should do and not Hmm. that feeling center. That's fear speaking. You know, how do we distill that true guidance, which really can lead us on paths that some may consider adventurous. You founded a retreat center, <laughs> and look at yes. how what a what an adventurous choice that must have been. Well, it was uh, it was amazing, and it was not easy, and it was um, uh, wonderfully guided. And uh, you know, there's a little story that goes with it, and that is that. Um, uh, well, I used to have a, a center uh, that was in a different place, very near where we are now, but it was in a different place. And uh, uh-huh. through a whole series of those uh, serendipitous and inspirational promptings, um, I found myself standing on uh, a mountain, and the land was for sale, and yeah. I knew I was supposed to be there. I, I I could feel it uh, in every cell of my body. And the risk was that um, how in the world could I ever uh, get there? How could I pay for the land? How could I build the buildings? How could I do any of it? But yes. So I risked everything. I risked everything. And that's a large example. But sometimes yeah. we just have to risk a small thing. Sometimes it's just not getting our way. <laughs> Sometimes <Yeah. laughs> something is asked of us that we, that we don't want to do, but we need to do. So, you know, levels of riskiness come in all different ways, shapes, and forms. Sometimes they're small, medium, or large. Um, but what I have found is that when I risk uh, the change that's trying to come through, it's always... Um, I always end up in a in a better place of alignment. 
within my own body, heart, mind, and spirit. But it sure feels like we have to risk when that life is flowing through us. Those those changes are coming. We're being asked to serve. Yes, yes. Oh. You know, I, 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 I'm going to share a little bit about my own recent path and then reflect on it. yet another question this leads me to is I had an experience, and people who follow this show know that it was a little sporadic at times in the last um, year or so because I was going through a transition. And I had an experience where I was holding on to a house that at one time was my dream home. And I had to go through this experience of releasing it. And to, I got to a point where I actually wanted to release it. I, was, I wanted to release it. But I surely didn't at first. You know, I was really attached to this house. Well, I had... And there was a period where I really didn't know where I was going next. I I didn't know. I was still in the house, but I had sold it. And um, I wasn't sure. But I saw in my mind, I said, you know, I just want to see a for rent sign out in the country. Just a for rent sign I'm driving by. And that's exactly what happened, Marisha. Mm. I was on Mm. an errand um, for actually something I do in my community in service. I was on this errand. I was going to two different sign makers, which is even funnier, on that day for an event that I <laughs> helped with. And I really was. I was visiting. This sign, the for rent sign, was in between two sign makers. <laughs> and in fact, at this place, that I, I often see a, a truck that drives by that says in all big letters, signs. And I had seen this driving around the town, too. I live in a I, I should tell you, I live in a smaller town um, in Oregon as you're kind of getting into the yeah. coastal range outside of Portland. And I live outside of town now. And what ended up happening is I found my real, this is my dream home now. You know, I, I love this place that I found just driving by, which they hadn't posted on the Internet or anything. You know, there it was. It was just sitting there. And, you know, I had to release some things about it, you know, on the outside. Um, you know, it, didn't, it was older. It didn't look like home much. You know, you go in and they've beautifully, you know, it's very nicely taken care of. So anyway, it's, it's, it's just right. And I'm sitting here looking at this view of a mountain with trees and there's golden trees and evergreens and there's little goats wandering across the way and a horse and, you know, and I'm just marveling at this. But here's the question. I find myself, and this is what I'm working with right now, attaching. It's like I'm reattaching now to this place. (laughs) And it's like (laughs) I'm starting to cling to it. Like, oh, you know, I I might make some compromise in my path, you know, which isn't my path of service, you know, where I think, you know, I'm clinging to this. And so... And and it came about very miraculously, but the lesson, when things turn out in life, you know, what a remarkable thing to find myself. How do we learn, even then, even then, and maybe especially then, detachment, because we will suffer. We will reinstitute suffering if we start clinging 
to whatever that thing is, the perfect relationship manifests, the perfect house, the perfect job, you know, whatever it is, suddenly we worry about losing it again. And so there's that place, that crux of suffering. It's a very long introduction, but it's an important question because we're either wanting the thing, we have the thing, and then we then we suffer about, you know, holding on to the thing. It's all about attachment. So there you go. I'll oh. throw that in your direction to, to work with for, for all of us. Well, you know, I think, um, I think life itself uh, teaches us um, through all of our uh, experiences how to let go. I think, yes. that, I think that if there was one lesson that we, the core of all the lessons, that they're really all about letting go. You know, um, perhaps it's uh, a parent's letting go of a child who is now graduating from high school and going out into the world or, you know, going on to college or perhaps, you know, uh, we lose a mother or a father. They're older and it's time for them to transition. Uh, Perhaps we have been at a job that has come now to a dead end and we know we have to move on. Perhaps we're angry at our spouse. Um, we have to let go. Uh, We have to let go. And I think that all of the lessons in life by design, by spiritual design, teach us how to let go. And so so what I've learned is to really enjoy um, any of the things that come to us, like right now this beautiful place that is just right and brings you great joy is yours to have and to experience. And so... You can absolutely fully um, let yourself uh, enjoy and be in the beauty of it all. When it's time for it to change, it will change. And, you know, I I, I know that there are many Buddhist meditations, um, meditations on impermanence, uh, just meditating that everything that we know right now is impermanent. Everything will change. And so... It's it's a good meditation. It's a good thing to reflect on. I know that the Buddhists do beautiful, intricate sand paintings that are, you know, there's so much focus and and uh, commitment uh, and beauty that comes through. And then when they are created, they take them and they sweep away all of the grains of sand. So yeah. what was this beautiful creation is now gone. <laughs> Yeah. And so, yeah. really, there's a, a beautiful, bittersweet um, joy that comes over me when I realize, when I have moments of realization, that my life is always changing and one day everything I love will be gone. Yes. Uh, yeah. It makes it um, all the sweeter and... Um, there is something that makes me wake up when I contemplate impermanence. So I, I try to stay very present in the moment and be very grateful for everything that has been bestowed and then trust that the divine flow um, brings it in and takes it out. And really, non-attachment we're learning non-attachment. We're learning how to let go constantly. Yes. Yes. It's just knowing that 
the impermanence is a part of it. And, you know, I have found part of working with myself in this way, I think I throw myself far into the future, perhaps, and I think, well, someday, you know, I may be, who knows where, I, you know, maybe, probably not here, you know, and I'm not going to be here forever, and whatever moments I have here, oh my goodness, I love what you say, yeah. experience the joy and the gratitude. You know, mm-hmm. there's something that I put in all capital letters from your book. And it's the only thing I put in all capital letters as I was taking notes from your book. And it's just popping out at me here as we're getting closer to the end of the episode. And it it's three words. I trust love. I trust yes. love. Yes. Gosh, I feel that. I feel that. Yes. I enter into feeling that more deeply. How powerful! Mm-hmm. It's, that's what it's all, that's that's what it's all about. Is is really trusting um, the love that is is uh, that is us. The, the the love that is this life, and the love that is the the lessons. It's everything, and really, really uh, trusting that all is as it should be, no matter how how it is. Trusting love is. Uh, uh, something that it's a gift that everyone can give themselves to enter into this awareness and this practice. Mm. It seems that that alone could be an entry into meditation. In fact, maybe um, that's a calling for me is just to reflect into those who are listening out there. What a what a beautiful meditation! Just just that, mm-hmm. you know, that in combination with breath, just. I trust love because that's trusting that's trusting God. That's going all the way back for me to what I heard in church, you know, a long time ago. Mm. The part that really resonates and stays with yeah. me all these years is God is love. I trust yeah. love. Yes. It seems so simple. It's it's a matter of of, of faith, of, of abiding faith and doesn't matter what tradition or path or religion um it's trusting god's love is really uh, a matter of deep faith and so that's why the risks aren't really that risky because um that which we are guided to do comes to us from the divine current which is god and brings us uh into the life that we are meant to live for for various reasons. And so if we have to risk something, I trust I trust love and I'll take the risk. Yes, yes. Yes. Yes, I can I I can feel it and you know, let me say I'm thankful, Marisha, that that you trusted enough to to be in this place of, of sharing and serving and it you know, just expanding even even more so how you're able to to share with all of us and and I'm grateful to have had this opportunity to talk with you today because you have you are a gentle spirit Marisha and and there's just so much compassion and gentleness flowing through you that can help us whether we're on step 1 or you know whatever path whatever step we feel we're on 
in our spiritual paths. I, I'm grateful that you've been here today and continue to share with us. Well, I, I really am grateful too, and I thank you very much. I'm, I'm, I'm honored to be here, and uh, I'm honored to serve. Yes, yes, I, I'm honored that that you've been here, and that I can help help bring your message to to really. Um, Blog Talk Radio is so wonderful because it's not strictly a metaphysical network. It's it's an open network. There are people who came in today. I was smiling to myself, and I'll tell you, the show was on the front page, and on and off it's been out there today. And all I can see is your name and the way, and you kept using the term <laughs> the way, and there it was, you know, it kept saying the way. And so people might have seen that and said, oh, the way, you know, and that you may be listening out there right now. You saw that, you clicked, and you said the way. And I think that I know deep in my heart that this spoke to you, no matter what your tradition is, and that is what Marisha is all about. So I'm honored that you've been here, and I am just so delighted to to talk with you and to come to know your work, and I'm really called to explore it more. Um, and I know others out there, I, I encourage people to to look into this work. Um, the book is called The Way Home to Love, A Guide to Peace in Turbulent Times. And yes, thank you from my heart, Marisha, for being here today. Oh, and thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Well, take care then. And um, I, I look forward to seeing, um, to learning more to really exploring more what you have to share because it's powerful. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Susan. All right. Um, I'll take care then. Yes. You know, there's some days I, I feel my feeling center right now, audience. I can feel it. I feel the emotion right now because there is, there is a place of sweetness that this show gets to sometimes. And when it's there, I can feel it, and I feel you out there, whether live or across time. And thank you, Blog Talk Radio, today for surfacing this show because I feel that in these times that we find ourselves and you know, we've had various shows in the past month or so, some of which, you know, we can get, there can be a lot of expressions of, of feeling that, that feel like conflict sometimes, but what do we, what are we called back to? I trust love. I trust love. And it's so important. So shifting from that, let me tell you what's coming up this week. If I can manage to shift quickly. We have a couple more shows coming up. Thursday, November 2nd, Brent Feinberg is coming on, a new guest who wrote a children's book. He's going to talk about freeing the dream weaver. Then on Friday, oh, that's 12 noon Pacific on Thursday. Friday, an early show, 7 a.m. Pacific from Europe. Irvin Laszlo is going to be on. And I am very honored that he's coming on this program and he's going to be talking about his new book, The Intelligence of the Cosmos. Listen, live. 
at 7 a.m. Pacific on Friday or listen to the podcast. FrontierBeyondFear.com is the place to learn about these shows. And I invite you to also explore the website of our guest today, Marisha Ducharme. And her website is SnowDragonSanctuary.com. You can find an archive of all of the shows. We've got about 400 shows out there now to explore. And I invite you to look through the topics and see what calls to you. Because there are many programs out there that will feed your soul and help you on your path. They surely help me. I'm grateful to talk to these people who are coming my way and and that I'm I'm able to spend time, I'm called to spend time with their books. It's a true blessing. And I invite you to explore what's out there and see what calls to you. So thank you, everybody, for being here today. And I hope you find your way to more peace in your life. Take care, everyone. See you next time. Thank you.